we take the man's values and of course implement them into our brands. And while we are for the brand with the young professional, we've done an incredible amount of research on the young professional. And obviously that's a community that is battling a lot of mental health challenges and the stigma against it. And we did some research on this community and when we asked them about what was most important to life. And I spent a lot of my time working in youth culture and I've done that question before. And there was a point where everybody was like, I want to be a brand. I am an entrepreneur. That was the answer to the question. Now it's, I want to get more out of life. I want work-life balance. I want to find more things that make me happy. I want to have more fun. I think it's interesting. It fits both the man and then the brand and then our customer base as well. Hey everyone, welcome to the 50th episode of Uncooked. I want to take a second to thank my listeners for making this podcast one of Apple's top 100 marketing podcasts. Your reviews, ratings, shares, and follows are what put us there, so thank you. For the next 50 episodes, we'll be dedicated to bringing you great guests with fresh perspectives, and as your host, I'm always going to be laser-focused in delivering marketing and branding insights along the way. Today is a real personal treat for me to feature a long-standing brand and household name in fashion and lifestyle, Kenneth Cole. My guest, Jed Berger, is the president of Kenneth Cole, and we did our best to cover the brand's journey spanning 40 years in fashion. Kenneth Cole, both the man and the brand, are still guided by a sense of purpose, an obsession over the details, and a passion for social advocacy. There's so much to get to, so let's dig in. So, Jed, you are the president of Kenneth Cole, which is a household name and apparel, celebrating your 40th year. And footwear and many other categories. Before we get into Kenneth Cole, because it is a brand I personally love, let's introduce you to the audience and tell us a little bit of your backstory, because you just joined Kenneth Cole in 2022. Yeah, about six months ago. I've gotten here with a lot of hard work. A lot of hustle, a lot of help. Hopefully I've done it with a little bit of humility as well. I started my career as an entrepreneur coming out of George Washington University. had a lot of great internships, made a lot of great people, even just through that and working through sports. And I partnered with some people to start a basketball publication called Dime Magazine. It is still around today, actually. And that group, we all moved to New York City. We bought a second magazine, and then we had an online network of sites before that was sort of a thing. And then we also had an agency called 94 by 50, again, all in sports and basketball work, did a lot of different things for Nike and 2K sports and a lot of things within the basketball space. We had been doing some work for Model Sporting Goods, first for Everlast, and then the president of Everlast and CEO of Everlast went over to Models as the president. And he asked if I would join him as the senior vice president of marketing for Models. Models was the oldest sporting goods company in the world at that time, $700 million privately owned, family owned business. And I was 28, 27, 28, thought that was a pretty good opportunity for a next step in my career. So I went to Models. I spent two great years there, really, really learned a lot about retail and reinventing. You know, I started a business and I'd built a business, but this was really about reinvention. In fact, the internal line that we sort of built the narrative on was, was rebirth at the time. And we turned a lot of years of negative traffic and negative sales into positive and got a lot of recognition and notoriety. And then after two years there, I got a call from the Foot Locker Inc. family to come be the head of marketing for 
the Foot Locker brand and the kids' Foot Locker brand. And that was sort of the next step in my career that made a lot of sense. So I've gone from entrepreneur, keeping that entrepreneur spirit to a smaller privately owned company and now to a pretty significantly sized public company that was also starting to be in the need of transformation and evolution. So I spent my last 11 years in the Foot Inc. portfolio in one way or another in a lot of different roles. And I ended it as the global chief marketing officer for the portfolio and Foot Locker Inc. owns a number of different retail properties and brands. And I also oversaw our licensing division and it was an incredible experience, but I was ready to go from being a marketer, just a marketer and sort of an influencer within an organization. And I really wanted to lead culture, everything. And um, I was given that opportunity over here and made the decision to do that. And, you know, obviously I, I really wanted to be with a purpose-driven organization that also was a little bit in need of transformation and most heritage brands are. And I loved that opportunity because it was a really healthy company that was still relevant today. And I thought I could take it and grow it even to another height. So that's sort of how I've gotten to this place today. So I'm noticing a theme in that uh, you seem to be a change agent that seems to be in your wheelhouse. It's like, hey, you know, we're in need of some sort of transformation. We're getting jet, jet on board. I think that's somewhat accurate. I'm a big believer in self-awareness of a brand. And I'm a big believer that transformation and evolution is constant. So I don't necessarily consider myself a change agent. I consider myself somebody who's a growth driver and who has the ability to create structured focus to get a company or a brand from point A to point Z and identify what those two things look like and the steps in between to get there. So I really do. I don't think there's a brand out there that doesn't need to continually evolve and transform. I mean, I think it's just mandatory in brand and business today. So I think myself more as a in that mold than I do as a change agent. Okay, I gotcha. There is a distinction there. So let's talk about Kenneth Cole. I would love to understand from you, since you even brought it up in terms of they are a heritage brand, they've been around for 40 years. Yep. Let's talk about the brand evolution. Let's talk about from the origin story of what you know about the brand and walk us through to where you are today. Well, first of all, I can't tell the origin story nearly as well as Kenneth. So he may have to be your next guest. Well, then um, let's get him on. That's it. Then. He's amazing. So I could do the best job I can. I mean, actually, it was Kenneth started the brand. By the way, it's funny. He posted yesterday. It was MLB opening day yesterday. And Kenneth's first job was as a peanut salesman at Shea Stadium. I which, love it. Which now City Field, but Shea Stadium at the time. And he posted a really funny thing on that yesterday. So he was a footwear guy and he actually started in women's footwear and he wanted to show off his shoes at one of the biggest shoe expos at the time. A lot of people know there's big trade shows all over the world for shoes. And at this point, 40 years ago, one of the biggest ones was in New York City. It was called the New York Shoe Expo, actually. It was at the Hilton on, I think, 7th Ave. And those things have always been expensive. So they were expensive then, they're expensive today. And for a young brand trying to break in, honestly, he just couldn't afford the space that it required and to pay the New York Shoe Expo organization. So he wanted to put a trailer in basically a block or so from the show. But he figured out that you needed to get a permit to put the trailer. And so he called City Hall and asked them how to do that. And they basically was a production company. So he literally went and changed the name of the company from Kenneth Cole Incorporated to Kenneth Cole Productions. And then he applied for the permit to put the trailer with the idea that he was filming a movie called The Birth of a Shoe Company. 
So it was just the guys to have a truck filled with shoes to get buyers' attention. Yes. Amazing. And that's literally the still, I mean, honestly, I think the brand was built on ideation and creative thinking and being entrepreneurial and hustling. And that's one of the things that attracts me to Kenneth and to the company. So he got the permit. He kept it there for two and a half days. He sold a ton of shoes into retail. And that was the beginning of the company. And we've been Kenneth Cole Productions ever since. That's amazing. Do you know, I think as you're telling that story, I was like, I've heard that story before. You know, it's an amazing story. He's an amazing storyteller. He tells it much better than I do. It'll be very interesting to see how well I just told that. That should be like a first <laughs> six month test on the job. We'll yeah. find out. It seems Jed being a self-proclaimed growth driver of business is a strong matchup for Kenneth Cole's entrepreneurial hustle. That trailer story has to be one of my favorite examples of creative thinking and pure grit to just make things happen. Most likely, every brand that has earned the title of being a household name started with someone saying, hey, this is crazy, but it just might work. While Jed and his team may be driving growth and culture, I need to give props to the Kenneth Cole organization to even want to bring in someone like Jed. So many heritage brands, they really get complacent and they expect audiences to just stick with them over the years. Brand longevity doesn't equal brand loyalty. Loyalty is earned when brands evolve and reflect the culture around them and continually delight their people, and their people being both employees and their customers. Next up, Jed talks about Kenneth Cole's brand purpose and how it guides key decision-making. So a lot of what I try to do with this podcast is bring out the humanity behind the brands that I speak to. So I couldn't help but notice your current position of always on purpose. I really would love to understand what does that mean to you and how did that come to be? And is that what you would call your brand purpose? Always on purpose would be what I would call sort of our North Star Noble Truth brand purpose. And I like those to represent our internal and our external narrative right? So Kenneth Cole has been around for 40 years, but the man's been around a little bit longer. His birthday was last week, although he denies having a birthday anymore. But Kenneth is an activist. He's an advocate. I understand that the idea of being purpose or being a brand that believes in social impact, I understand that's trendy today. Kenneth was never doing that because it was trendy. He was the OG in being an advocate and an activist and using his brand to represent his values. I mean, he was fighting for HIV and AIDS research in the 80s and 90s and LGBTQ plus forever and anti-gun violence. If you go follow him on Twitter or LinkedIn or anything, all of these things, he's still fighting the fight on. And he's deeply, deeply involved in reducing the stigma on mental health challenges. And he is, uh, I've learned a lot about that world from him and everything he does. He is the brand. It's his name. And we associate the brand back to it, which it was obviously a big thing that drew me to him and to the brand. Yeah. So we are a brand that I want this brand to stand for the young professional. And I want us to be the brand that is the advocate for mental health. The way that we articulate our brand is always on purpose. Mm -hmm. And then we look at the word purpose in the, in sort of a duality message. So that's purpose driven product. So product with very purposeful design. I mean, the man invented the reversible belt. So stretch reversible really smart pockets. Just He is obsessed with putting distinction in every single product that we sell. 
And really to think about it as how do we give a young professional a competitive advantage in what they're wearing and make them feel like they have a competitive advantage. And then the other thing we do is is everything is deeply rooted right now in, in social impact and mental health. So whether that's our collaborations or everything, we have a give back model to everything we sell or we have a pop-up with purpose downtown in Manhattan right now. So everything that we do has a tie to wellness and mental health. So can you maybe explain a little bit why mental health as opposed to lots of other activism causes out there? And I'm asking because are these values reflective of Kenneth as the person and then now it's coming to bear with the brand? I think it revolves around the person and the people around him where his heart has moved and brain has moved, of course, because of the loved ones and the people around him. And he saw that and really felt like he could help. And he started something called the Mental Health Coalition, which is the biggest coalition of mental health organizations in the world. And he's the chairman. And yes, we take the man's values and of course, implement them into our brands. And while we are for the brand with the young professional, we've done an incredible amount of research on the young professional. And Obviously, that's a community that is battling a lot of mental health challenges and the stigma against it. And we did some research on this community and when we asked them about what was most important to life, and I spent a lot of my time working in youth culture, and I've done that question before. And there was a point where everybody was like, I want to be a brand. I am an entrepreneur. That was the answer to the question. Now it's, I want to get more out of life. I want work-life balance. I want to find more things that make me happy. I want to have more fun. I think it's interesting. It fits both the man and then the brand and then our customer base as well. Yeah. So what exactly is Kenneth Cole doing for mental health right now in terms of programs and money and donations or things like that? Oh boy. So you really wanted Kenneth on this podcast more than me because there's nobody that you talk about this more than him because he is the chairman of the Mental Health Coalition. I mean, they do amazing things. By the way, their logo is one of my favorite things. If you haven't seen it, I haven't. it's a square peg in a round hole is what it looks like. And it's brilliant. They are an educational reference organization and they are working with amazing different groups to try to reduce the stigma on mental health. And they're also working with all of the different social networks from Meta, Snapchat, TikTok, everybody. And they have a real seat at the table. He lives it every day while I'm just excited that I get to incorporate it into the business. So from a business perspective, we have a give back to every single thing we sell online. We work with a company called Shopping Gives, which a lot of organizations do that creates transparency against how much of the money is given back. And then we also offer the consumer an opportunity to give as well. And we were the Shopping Gives Company Organization of the Year. So that should give you an idea of how passionate and how much we give back. And we give back to a bunch of different organizations, including the Mental Health Coalition. And we also have a pop-up with Purpose downtown, which a significant percentage of the proceeds from that go back to the Mental Health Coalition. And we just last week launched our first collaboration for Cause, I would say. That was with an amazing designer named Faust. And then all the proceeds from that went back to the Mental Health Coalition. So, I mean, every single thing that we do has a tie back. And we have a lot more coming over the course of the year as we're celebrating our 40th anniversary and what purpose has meant to us. So you're mentioning that. And when I was just kind of digging around on your website, I absolutely love that quote that's now on T-shirts and different apparel of when I is replaced with we, even illness becomes wellness. So the story behind that during COVID, Faust, who's a streetwear designer, he wanted to find a way to sort of like be positive. He said there was like all this doom and gloom and he wanted to contribute to a sort of a positive message. And he replaced New York City phone booths, creative with Amazing. that message 
all over New York City. And everybody that we're partnering with for the year in collaborations is part of the mental health community in some way, shape, or form. And that I remembered seeing it. I've worked with him on Nike projects in the past, and he's done something. I mean, his font is iconic, and he's just an incredible talent. But I remembered that, and I brought it to the team, and they contacted him, and it's amazing. And also, the customer response and engagement was incredible. I thought that was so spot on. I mean, it's like edgy, but it's heartfelt. Kenneth Cole's North Star of Always On Purpose is music to my brand strategy heart. It guides purposeful design choices such as reversible belts and well-appointed pockets to social advocacy. The brand DNA tracing back to the core values of the founder is exactly how it should be. Kenneth couldn't separate his business from his personal non-negotiable beliefs. We all have them. But sometimes in business, we think those beliefs need to be shelved in favor of acting like business robots. But we also know that the more brands reflect human attributes, the deeper the connection with the people that they're seeking to attract. We trust like-minded people and brands are no different. Kenneth's personal advocacy for mental health overlaps with an issue that is plaguing his key audience of young professionals. Through research, they saw the shift in the new definition of success is now really to have a work-life balance, having fun, and getting more out of life. It's what a brand does with this information that makes all the difference. Next up, Jed tells us what Kenneth Cole is doing currently to meet the needs of the young professional. Let's talk about who is this young professional exactly? I was just joking today. I'm 44 and we classified the young professional audience up to 45. It's a little bit of a mindset thing. So I consider myself a young professional. (laughs) That was actually funny because the person I was talking to was saying that they were 40. And then 20 minutes later, they're like, you know what? I'm 39. I'm like, do not ever do that. Do not say you're 40 until you're 40. Trust me when I said Yeah, don't rush it. There's a big difference between 39 and 40. Again, I think a young professional is anybody right now who's looking to both step up in their career and create balance in their career as well. And those two things are so crucially important to everybody. And they also create this really hard self-reflective tension is where the mental health piece comes in, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know anybody who doesn't experience that, whether you have kids or don't have kids or, you know, whatever it is. And uh, by the way, myself included. And it takes a while in your career to start having the perspective to understand that. So we've always sort of been a where to work brand. So first of all, the where to work piece of the young professional has evolved. It really has. And it always will. And that's part of the point, as I said, I'm not a change agent. We're still a where to work brand. But how that looks, how that feels, how that's articulated, of course, changes over time. Very few people wear a suit and tie to work anymore. Right. And so the idea of tailored is definitely changed. The footwear has changed. We went through a very significant athleisure trend, obviously, because everybody was working from home and you could. And although a lot of people are back to occasions and back to the office, what that looks like is not the same. It's not quite athleisure, but it's not tailored like tailored used to be either. So trying to help people and take a little bit of anxiety out of it and show them what that looks like is really important. We primarily have done that in men's, but women are the fastest young professionals in the world, especially in North America. And we are actively, actively building that piece of the business out as well. It's crucially important to me and the organization that we do a great job there. 
especially because I think there is a gap. I don't think we were quite aware with what that looks like yet. Yeah. Do you think there's a world that we're ever going to go back to the tailored workforce look? I think everything is an evolution and everything transitions and transforms over time. So I'm not saying never. I think right now it's certainly gotten a little bit more formal, but there's a nice casual sportswear twinge to it that I think has been really nice. I think people are still wearing suit jackets at times or suit pants at times. Actually, I think a lot right now, our, our business is terrific in that world. Yeah, It's better than it's been in a really long time. It's great. I think the way that people are wearing it is different and they might be wearing it with, it might not be black Oxfords. It might be a dressed up sneaker. It might be with a hood like this underneath. I mean, actually, mm-hmm. this is Kenneth Cole and actually we show jackets and suits with this underneath it a lot, which is a real look. And it's an acceptable look. And you can go to an interview, you can go to a big meeting, you can go to a presentation, and you can go hang out afterwards and that. You can go to a party afterwards. And that. I think that it will continue to evolve. I'm not a soothsayer. I still come from the sneaker world. I'm early in my fashion days and we have an amazing team, but I think they would tell you that it, of course, will yeah. continue to evolve. Yeah. And we'll see. Yeah. So you mentioned something interesting before. What is the role of Kenneth Cole in the young professionals' lives? Like, how does your apparel and shoes, et cetera, how does it make them feel? You know, it's funny you say, how does it make them feel? Because one of my favorite Kennethisms, and I have it in every presentation, I literally have it memorized, is for 40 years, we've sought to make a meaningful impact in our communities by focusing on what's in people's hearts and minds, as well as what's on their bodies. I think that's the differentiator. Love is that. It, that is the differentiator of the brand. And that's how the, literally the human and the brand and the business think. One of the things that we did when I got here is I really wanted to simplify language because there are a lot of people who represent our brand, whether it's internal stakeholders or external stakeholders, it's creating that formality of how we're talked about. So to your point, the North Star was always on purpose. And then identifying and doing the research on who we are for was the young professional, right? Then you do have to ask yourselves a couple other really important questions. And one of them is, what do you do for them? And that has to be, what do you do for them beyond what you sell? Right. One of the things I'll tell you is there's a lot of companies, new, old, you name it, who sell product like we do. Mm -hmm. And so I talked about creating product that supports their hectic lifestyles and, you know, put the well in their well-being. And I think the piece I said was like creating that competitive advantage with putting really smart utility to give them that confidence that they need and break through. For us, it's breaking through the sea of sameness that's out there because it's really true that there is. I mean, like I said, there's plenty of products and brands to choose from. So Kenneth is maniacal about putting product differentiation into every single thing that we sell. So it's what do we do for them beyond what we sell? And then the how do we do that? And that gets into the purposeful design and an obsession over comfort and performance. That's a really important thing for everybody in the organization to be able to articulate the who we're for, what we do for people beyond what we sell, how we do that, which is putting that comfort and technology to product and then the mental health part of that as well, to be honest with you, that social impact part, knowing what's going through the person's heart and their minds and addressing it. And then the last piece to that equation is what's our tone? How would you know it's us? If we walked into a room and for us, we think there's enough negativity and we want to be relentlessly optimistic. And yeah. if you know Kenneth, there's a twinge of wittiness to that voice as well. I love that. Can you talk a little bit about in terms of partnerships, who else represents the Kenneth Cole brand? 
That's a complicated question only because it breaks down into the business model portion of the company. So like we do work with a lot of strategic partners and we have a product design organization that works with a lot of different licensing partners to represent us. And we choose our licensing partners really, really carefully. And we still control the brand and the DNA and inform the design. But we have many, many categories. We're a lifestyle brand yeah, inspired by fashion mm-hmm. with a wellness thread throughout. We literally just launched a line of men's really beauty products that are infused with CBD. Yeah, Um, I saw that. They're amazing. By the way, I legitimately, I swear, I've been using the soap every single day. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm super impressed. It's really great product. What does it do for you? What's the value prop on that soap? Why would you do that to me on the technical side? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just asking. I mean, Um, I just wonder, like, why why is it so amazing? What I've learned, because it's made with all organic stuff, and actually I have learned that the CBD plus all the organic stuff that goes on a lot of different things, the absorption into your skin is what really makes the total formula work. It's how it absorbs into your pores that makes it special. Awesome. And with the CBD technical answer, I'm so proud. I mean, I'm just thinking about like... (laughs) I am really growing up. You did it. I, I am growing up. You did it. Uh, you answered it. People at the company are going to be so proud of me. <laughs> when this airs, forget it. You're going to get all kinds of love. You'll see. By the way, we have an amazing pet line that we're launching to give you another I, example. So first of all, I was looking at that. When did Kenneth Cole get into luggage, pet, and home? I think that's awesome. Oh, our luggage has been for that's a while. Around? I couldn't tell you the year. By the way, our luggage is like award-winning luggage. It's amazing. The voice is really important. Things we just, we actually have for, we just launched a 40th year, a 40 year collection of product that mm-hmm. included the voice on a lot of it. And actually, I bought our 40th collection luggage piece. Yeah. And it says over it, we all have baggage. Oh, that's great. I would sort of ties it to the mental health piece. By the way, all that proceeds went to also the mental health coalition. So we enter spaces that have, again, we're a lifestyle brand. So our point of view and our point of distinction can play a significant role. And actually our voice is being brought into all of the different pet products. So new leash on life. Cute. I can't go over all of them because I can't remember, but I always remember that one. By the way, Kenneth has the most amazing dog of all time. Really? She's in our office and Cleo is literally like, you know, when Cleo is around somebody's because they're smiling. It's so actually our partnership when we launch it will be with an emotional pet support partner. I love that. Kenneth, by the way, also funny, Kenneth is surrounded by all women in his life. He has three daughters, one of whom works for the company and who's amazing. And she just actually had his first grandchild, who's a girl. Oh, boy. Uh And Cleo is a female dog. So literally, he's been around women his entire life. Yeah, yeah. By the way, he launched the company in women's footwear. That was pre-children. Oh, okay. I got it. He must be a very patient man. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) He is, yeah, actually, yeah. he is. Whether that's the reason or not, but he is. Yeah, I love very, it. Very good human. I mean, we're obviously going to have to have a follow up with Kenneth, um, <laughs> but you're 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 doing a great job. I can't believe I'm just going to be his hype man for him to come on the show. <laughs> totally, totally. We all have a role. That's mine. Yeah, yeah. Luggage that says we all have baggage. Come on, how great is that? It's brilliant. Kenneth Cole may be a lifestyle brand, but what business are they really in? They're in the confidence business. They're in the business of making you feel comfortable in your own skin. And that's what they do for young professionals beyond just what they sell. Very powerful. 
Jed mentioned how partners are chosen very carefully. We've seen many collabs go awry when there is a disconnect between the belief systems among both companies. If a Kenneth Cole partner isn't equally obsessed with purposeful design, well-being, comfort, and performance, then they're not a fit. This is when establishing and adhering to core values become more powerful when they come out of your brand guidelines and help drive business decisions. If there's a business initiative that flies in the face of your brand values, there needs to be a really compelling reason to move forward with it. Let's talk about marketing. So it's the 40th year. I'm sure you have a ton of activities in the pipeline that you're planning. When thinking about through the lens of this young professional, shutting brands out is easier and easier every single day. So how are you flying above the noise? I mean, I obviously have a marketing background, although I'm happy to not be directly overseeing marketing at this point. (laughs) Uh, We have an amazing team. Yeah. What I will tell you is that my philosophy in marketing is that has to start with a great idea that turns into a great product. Those things have to be together in this point. There really has to be a much more commercial point of view to marketing than there ever has been to make people care. So great idea, great product, and then the story has to be rooted in those things together. And without really those three things together, I think it's just marketing for the sake of marketing and really hard to break through. So I feel very fortunate that all of our product is attribute driven because mm-hmm. they all do have a point of distinction, which allows us to tell a story. What are some of those attributes, for example? One of my favorite products we have is our key suit. It's called the Ready Flex suit. Ready Flex suit? Yeah. It's legitimately a suit that you can do anything in. You wear it and you don't feel constricted at all. So again, you can picture content that we're developing there that is somebody wearing a suit and we can give it to all sorts of different legitimate influencers who could wear that suit and go through their professional day, whether that professional day is dancing whether that professional day is hustling, sprinting from one meeting to the next, or rocking a presentation, or playing a sport, or whatever it is, but that suit can do anything. It's the suit that can do anything. By the way, that story hasn't been filmed, but you can see the idea is to build a suit that anybody can wear and do anything in. That is an idea, a product, and then that's an awesome story for a marketing team to tell. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, exactly. Idea and then product and story. I mean, those are the core tenets of anything successful to break through, I would think. Yeah. So even with our 40th anniversary, sure, we're celebrating social impact. I mean, like I said, I want to be the brand of where to work and purposeful design, but I also want to be the brand of mental health. And so we are celebrating all the stuff that we've done in the past 40 years in terms of social impact and how we got here and the products we've done. And we have a film out now and micro stories that Kenneth is telling that are amazing. And we have all that, but everything, but then we have a future forward and how that relates to all of our different products that we have out there. So you'll see a lot of that storytelling come to life, inclusive of the Ready Flex suit. And we're also celebrating our different products through collaborations, again, within a social impact perspective. We have, I think, five right now lined up for 2023 with different partners, all relate back to mental health, all within products that have great attributes driven to it. So it's the one plus one equals three Mm -hmm. using marketing ease. And then again, if we're going to do a pop-up, it has to be a pop-up rooted in an idea that we believe in. Again, like I said, I need context in everything. I'm a sucker for context. 
My yeah. team knows that. So it's not just a pop-up for pop-up's sake. It's our pop-up with purpose. All giving back to social impact. Our collaborations are rooted in mental health. Our influencers that we use, our models that we use have a mental health story. So everything that we do has to be rooted in more and have context. Otherwise, it's marketing for the sake of marketing, and that does not work today. That just contributes to the sea of sameness. You are preaching to the choir, my friend. This is what I do every day. (laughs) I help my clients find market differentiation because it tracks back to what I call the brand's raw truth, which you can call purpose, but there has to be a through line somewhere. Otherwise, you're just literally creating more noise out there. And who needs that? Yeah. By the way, the other quote that Kenneth always does, and now I really can't screw this one up because it's not. (laughs) quote. It's a Maya Angela quote. Oh, yeah. The quote from her is, I've learned that people forget what you said. People forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And that really is the essence of the product we have to create and the story we have to tell and how it all has to be rooted in something real. Yeah. I love that. If I um, screwed that up, I really apologize to the Maya Angela family. No, no, you didn't. I know that quote. And another one of her quotes that I love is, when you know better, you do better. Right? Love it. When you're talking about these activities, are you trying to reach new people at this stage? You have already raving fans. So is a lot of your marketing purpose about showing that you have a through line, that there's authenticity to everything you do, and while you're at it, attracting new people into the fold of the brand? 110%. Yeah. Okay. Don't find a brand or a marketer or a business leader who won't bring up acquisition and retention in one sentence. Yeah, exactly. You've only been there six months. Has there been anything that surprised you that you learned in joining a brand like Kenneth Cole? I mean, sure. Yes. I think personally speaking, one of the things that actually surprised me was how transferable my experiences have been to this role. Mm -hmm. You just don't really know until you get in it. It's a different business model. Yeah. I haven't been president before. I've overseen teams of over 200 people. I've been in bigger businesses, but I've never been the president of an organization like this. Mm -hmm. And I feel very prepared. I haven't had a day that I've been overwhelmed by a challenge. So that makes me really appreciative and grateful to both my experiences and the people I've worked with in the past and the companies I've worked with in the past. Yeah. I mean, Phil Locker Inc. is a high value organization and some of the leaders and my bosses that I've had there have been just super amazing people and I've learned an amazing amount from them. And the other thing is I've also worked with so many different brands because you're on the retail side of it and you're really working closely with product launches and brand launches and category launches and different times and different business and brands evolution. So I've kind of seen and been a part of so many different companies. So the things that I've found myself coming into here don't feel like a surprise. Yeah, They feel approachable. And I think that also speaks to the position that Kenneth has the business in today. It's very healthy. Right. So that has surprised me a little bit. Like I just would have thought that I would have felt a bigger transition and learning curve. And I'm really grateful and appreciative of the people before me, both where I am now and where I've been. Yeah that I walked in and feel prepared. That's a really good way of coming in as a leader. Mm -hmm. I love any podcast episode where we can quote the great Maya Angelou. 
While time can make the other details fuzzy, people will always remember how you made them feel. That's a creative brief in and of itself. If you couldn't use words or an action, how could you elicit emotion from your audience? My mind goes to music, so my brief to the team at Kenneth Cole would be, listen to the song 10 Feet Tall by Afrojack and envision the word that comes to mind. The word is confidence. If that's how Kenneth Cole wants young professionals to feel, the effort needs to start at home and at home being the employees. Put it in the hands of your employees first, then it goes out to your audience. Next, Jed talks about his leadership styles and the importance of empowering teams to balance confidence with humility. Since you talked about it, can you impart any lessons to our audience of saying what you've learned from a mentor in the past or one of your past jobs for anybody who's listening to kind of take with them? You know, I speak to a lot of this often, to be honest with you, in my old age, although I've already declared that I'm young, (laughs) I've self-decided that I can give advice to people. Yeah, I think you're allowed. I mean, you have a little gray in your beard, so I feel like that already gives you authority. I had it in my beard very short last week. And Kenneth literally told me that he's like, I really like your beard this length. Nobody can see the gray in your beard anymore. You look so much younger. <laughs> wow. I was like, I don't think that's HR appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, the gray's been there in the beard for a little while, by the way. You know, I think first of all, there's a lot. I know there's a lot. I think you have to go into any position with a balance of confidence and humility. And I think I've learned that over time a lot from leaders. Like you really have to be what people expect from me is to make decisions and to own them and to not play Monday morning quarterback. Mm -hmm. And so I have no problem at this point. I know that that's part of the responsibility that people have on me. And so I don't have a problem being wrong, confident enough that I'm okay being wrong. And I don't think changing your mind when somebody educates you on something is flip-flopping. I don't care if people think that about me. Yeah, But I'll make confident decisions and I will, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong and we'll self-correct and I'll admit I'm wrong and we'll self-correct. So I think that people developing over time and experience the confidence to be willing to make mistakes and be wrong, but be a decision maker and own it. And then at the same time, have the humility to A, say you're sorry. If you said something you shouldn't have said, you approach something the way you shouldn't have, and you talk to somebody maybe that you wish you had back. Yeah. Admit that you were wrong. This is life. Nobody's right. Nobody's right all the time. Right. So I've really developed that perspective over time. And then I lead from a business perspective on sort of three different ethos. One is, and this one does come from a former boss, Stacy. Happy birthday, Stacy. Her birthday was two days ago. Nice. And Shout out. She had all these different Stacyisms, and we made her a book once, but one of my favorite ones was pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And I swear by that. What that does that mean to you? Greed never works. Got it. Never. It doesn't. Right. Everything we do in business is a negotiation and being a partner. Mm -hmm. And there's always a point where you have the decision to make about whether you keep pushing, you keep asking. And going that one step too far doesn't work. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to be okay and everybody gets a win. Number two is I do everything in a risk reward scale. Everything, personally, professionally. Yeah. What's Um, the risk? What's the reward? Is it worth it? And then the third is I am a preacher of work-life balance. I really am. My team knows that. They hear that. 
I've instituted things at Kenneth Cole that not just because it's the right thing for our wellness values, and it really is, but I also believe in it. So whether we just moved into a beautiful new office, but we also are Mondays and Fridays, work from home, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, everybody's in the office, and Thursdays. It's encouraged, but you don't have to. It's optional. We launched our first wellness week where we gave everybody off. And that makes a big difference because nobody's emailing anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we also just announced unlimited PTO. Oh, cool. It was more complicated than it should have been, as sometimes life is. But I wanted to actually put a minimum on how many days people had to take off. I see. Good. Because yeah. the last thing I wanted was people to say, oh, you're just doing that because you don't. No, you better go. It helps all of us for yeah. people to be rushed. So again, how you spend your time is really important. And you spend a lot of it at work. So I want you to enjoy both the work life and I want you to have the time to enjoy your non-work life, however you spend it. Yeah. I love that. Really important for anybody to practice. So thanks for sharing those. I really only have two more questions for you. Make one really hard. (laughs) I'll put on my best Barbara Walters hat. Let's fast forward 10 years from now. It's going to be the 50th anniversary. What's the headline that you would like to see written about Kenneth Cole in the 50th year, you having been part of the brand for 10? I mean, I think that it's not too different than what you would hear today. Honestly, I really believe that. I would want the headline to be that Kenneth Cole continues to stay relevant by evolving their business and being for the young professional and creating social impact. I think it's always on purpose. The idea of always on purpose is a backward, a present, and a forward-looking narrative. Mm -hmm. That's why I love it so much. It's the always piece. Yeah, yeah. And so... I want to keep making headlines for doing great things, whether those great things are making social impact or making great product. I want to make headlines all the time. My PR team hates me. I want (laughs) headlines all the time because I want us to keep going and doing great stuff all the time. Yeah. And so I want in 10 years, those should all add up to this going amazing feature story that continues to talk about all the amazing ways that we've evolved by being true to the idea of always on purpose creating purpose and product and creating social impact. And I have absolute confidence in the organization that we will live up to that. Yeah, I do too. You sound very passionate and believable. So you won me. Is there anything I haven't covered about you or Kenneth Cole that you want people to know? I mean, you said you had two questions. Was that the hard one or the easy one? That was my second and last one. Oh, what was the one before it? It was the headline question. The headline was question one, and question two was, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, is there anything we haven't covered? No, I think we covered a lot. I'm really excited to be part of the brand. It's totally different from what I was doing in my last job, but it's still rooted in values. It's still rooted in great product. It's still rooted in authenticity. And I think that is what you look for in a company. And I love the always on purpose narrative that we have because it just really, really, really speaks to who the man is and who the brand is looking back. Mm -hmm. So... I'm just excited that I get to be the one sometimes who gets to articulate his story and our story. I love it. Jed Berger, thank you so much for spending some time. Loved it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to know you. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. I could tell you're a good human being. Okay, that wraps up my conversation with Jed Berger, president of Kenneth Cole. 
Here are my key takeaways so you can apply to your business. First being Kenneth Cole's humble beginning of selling women's shoes out of a truck in New York City is exactly the kind of hustle needed to make big dreams come true. While shoe retailers on that infamous day in New York were first attracted to his creative problem-solving skills, they ultimately came back for the shoes. As Jed mentioned, all the marketing influencers in the world won't save you if you don't first have a great product to sell. The lesson here is don't get distracted. Make sure you do your thing better than anyone else. Secondly, Kenneth Cole's North Star of Always on Purpose guides the smart utility of all of their products, infusing thoughtful design to every stitch. But the meaning flexes as a rallying cry for the entire company to support all of their advocacy initiatives, such as mental health, which is important not only to the brand, but it's important to the audiences they serve. While the words always on purpose might seem simple, it's meant to inspire action. When you read your brand purpose, do you feel excited and inspired? If not, email me. I can help. And brands with staying power like Kenneth Cole survive and thrive because they evolve with culture to remain relevant to their audiences. With people like Jed Berger at the helm, he's constantly looking for ways to stretch the boundaries of business growth while positively impacting culture. The lesson here is for heritage brands to continually evolve, they need three critical elements. One, foundational brand DNA elements really comprised of purpose and brand values. Two, a strong product or service to sell. And three, a confident leader with vision to lead and the finesse to motivate people about the potential ahead. I think Jed appears to be doing just that. And the point I want to end on here is about how Jed talks about the brand's higher purpose of what Kenneth Cole truly offers the young professional. It's style, performance, and smart utility that gives them the confidence they need to break through. I used to think maybe you couldn't put a price on feeling comfortable in your own skin, but Maybe you can, and you can find it at kennethcole.com. This has been an episode of Uncooked. I'm Jacqueline Lieberman, founder and chief strategist at Brand Crudo, a marketing consultancy. You can check out the latest collabs and where to work fashion at kennethcole.com. If you need help creating in-market differentiation, this is literally what I do every day. You can find my contact info on brandcrudo.com or the show notes. Thanks so much for listening.